truck pound. He's gonna bring some dog pound to the Saints. Let's go. And, you know, and you know the Saints are a bunch of dogs to begin with. They I mean, are dogs. Saints. The New Orleans Saints might be the scrappiest NFL team I've ever watched. I mean, dude, when it comes to you know like uh, all those allegations that they had against the Vikings that one playoff game. To you know everything since then, I would concur. I think they might be the scrappiest team out there. It's possible, but let me ask you this: What's up, bro? So Jarvis Landry, he's going to the Saints. They just drafted Chris Olave. Yeah. Now another guy who we would probably need to talk about is Michael Thomas. Uh, Michael Thomas is, as you know, the typical alpha for that team. Yeah. He's been out. He's been injured. There's been a bunch of just weird shit going on the last two years, and so he's finally in a situation where he's going to be coming back. Yeah. Chris Olave, Jameis Winston, you know, first full year as a starter, Michael Thomas. Yep. What kind of role do you think Jarvis Landry plays for this team in real life? And after that, can you kind of go just more into where you project uh, he fits onto a fantasy team next year? Yeah, for sure. So I, I think what's going to be happening is I think you're going to come in and you're going to probably see Michael Thomas, I'm assuming, probably going to be their ex. Like he's just gonna be on the left side yeah. of the field the whole time. Like he's gonna he's not gonna be doing a lot of movement. No. Um. And then I think in the you know in the X so like or I'm sorry in the Y so that slot position you're probably gonna see Chris Olave the first year. Mm-hmm. So I would, likely I'm assuming that likely. that'll probably be his place because I mean in the grand scheme of things like he could even be the number two. Chris Olave. Yeah, because like he can move all over the place, but um it, it gets a little tricky with uh Jarvis Landry because I mean he is a proven vet. Mm-hmm. And honestly, in the grand scheme of things, he kind of has like the same like size fit as Chris Olave. So I think it, it might be a really good mentorship for him, you know, just to kind of like see like some of the things that he does. I mean, they're built a little differently, but like in height, you know, it, it's there. So mm-hmm. like, I mean, there's things that like he can do like positioning with his body that he can learn from Jarvis, I'm assuming. That's so, true. I like that. But, bro, like, one thing I was kind of thinking about when, uh, like, you know, like how we've been saying, like, people have been, like, like coming home to the Saints. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think it'd be out of the norm for the Saints to add someone like Odell who went to LSU? You know, that's been a hot take, and that's been something I think is possible. Yeah, so they'd be stacked with four wide receivers. Like, they are not unloading if they do that. Man, that's tough for Odell. And I don't want to delve too much into Odell and get off topic, but... He's coming off of another ACL injury, I think it was. Yeah, well, I so I think if he were to go to the Saints, I think it's more of like kind of like a legacy thing. Like I think he's assuming I don't know. He's had what two ACL tears now. He is aging. He has a home in LA. He can. He's a pro- thirty now. Yeah, he's a superstar. Honestly, like he doesn't need to be playing football if he doesn't want to. Like he could go be like a star. He could be in ads. I said so, that, Like, I, I think he kind of has proven his point in football. For sure. Do I think he ends up on the Saints? I'm going to say no. The reason I say no is because I think that they have those three roles filled. Yeah. I think that Dennis Allen is probably going to, I don't want to say be run heavy, mm-hmm. but I think he's one of those head coaches that's going to try to, you know, fortify the run game. And, you know, they just drafted Chris Olave with the right. 11th pick in the draft. They're paying Jarvis Landry potentially $6 million if he hits all his incentives. Who then, knows what Michael Thomas's cap is anymore? Michael Thomas is there. You have Alvin Kamara coming back halfway through the year. And it's one of those situations to where I don't know if you add Odell. I don't know if it's worth. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's worth adding him. Like, I just think, 
like, in the grand scheme of things, like, if he did want to, like, go to his hometown, you know, just to get, like, his hometown jersey. Yeah. Like, you know, to get that, like, for, like, his basement, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of, like, like I said, like, a legacy thing. Yeah. Um, That's something... I, I think it'd be cool to see, but is it likely? Right. No. I Yeah, I feel you, man. I... I it's interesting to think about for sure, but is it likely? Probably not. Probably not. No. But um, with, I guess in regards to receiver, there have been reports about a potential new receiver in the NFL. Oh, really? Someone like that's currently in there? Or? Um, a potential transition. Interesting. Somewhat. somewhat. Uh, there's been a bunch of reports about Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings lining up out wide uh, and Kevin O'Connell, the new head coach's offense. Interesting. That'd be kind of a nice little twist at an offense. I mean, it. I, if you're looking at him like as a fantasy prospect, I mean, if you hear that he's going to be going out wide more, yeah. Like, do you think that hurts his stock because like he's not going to be getting more touches inside potentially, or do well, you think that I think the obviously like his uh, catching ability and obviously the yak of him is unreal. Like, do you think that 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 overweighs that? I have a really interesting opinion on Dalvin Cook because there's so much going on for not only him individually, but for the Minnesota Vikings as a team. Yeah. Dalvin Cook right now is dealing with a bunch of shit off the field that I think has kind of been swept under the rug to an extent. Yeah. And I don't know who's in the right, who's in the wrong, but it's real. And he's facing a potential suspension at some point in the 2022 NFL season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's going to matter if you have Dalvin Cook in Dynasty. Because as he ages, as he gets older, he loses value by the year. Right. Even for Alma Kamara, as we previously talked about the Saints, those running backs who are getting up there in age and they're potentially facing suspensions, they're facing injury, they're facing any reason to miss on-field playtime. Right. I don't love that for dynasty value. No, man. Like, yeah, like, give me, like, the cleanest, like, I don't want to say, like, the cleanest players. Like, I want my players to have some dog in them. Yeah. But like, yeah, dude. Like, if I have players that are facing allegations and shit, like, I don't, I don't want to have to sit players on my bench. Like, it's much easier for me to sit them because of injury, exactly, than so, because of like some stupid reason. But nonetheless, like, I like their ability, exactly. So, and so Dalvin Cook is going to be twenty-seven years old to start this next season. Mm-hmm. He's potentially facing a suspension that could keep him on the sidelines for anywhere between four to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. He is a premium running back in Dynasty, and that is the legitimate number one argument why I probably would not want to trade him. But if you're talking about getting ultimate value out of him, I can already start to see his value tank somewhat, just in how people view him over the summer. There's obviously allegations going on between him and a woman. The woman is accusing him of, you know, hitting her or something like that. Right. And we don't know the facts, so um, obviously we'll wait to see what happens. Yeah, but well, when your player is involved in anything remotely close to potential suspension time, mm-hmm. similar once again to Alvin Kamara, they're twenty six or twenty seven years old. Like dog, like I can't lose you for half a year and then you come back at twenty eight and try to like make it up as a running back. Like right, it, and I mean like if they were like let's say like I think the Alvin Kamara stuff might be a little different because we don't know if anything would like escalated that. And it wasn't, like, a domestic violence situation like this. But it was also during an NFL event, it and sure, it's on video. Right, the it, video is what hurts more than anything. Yeah. No, you're, you're not wrong with that. But, like, if it was, if it is, like, a domestic violence thing, like, the, I feel like the last, 
like big domestic violence thing that we saw like this. Like obviously we don't have video like that last one with Ray Rice, but he hasn't been on an NFL team since. So like, well, do you think that that would happen to Dalton? I don't because Ray Rice was on video, right? And we all were able to watch that from our phones, our computers, our TVs. But with Dalvin, I mean, and I hate to even go into the situation because it's nasty. Right. But there's a little bit more evidence out there if you look for it. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. Right. So he's somebody that if I can sell right now at a premium in Dynasty, I mean, bro, you might get another year, maybe two years out of Dalvin. Mm-hmm. But you could trade him for a multitude of picks and go swing for the swing for the fences in this 2023 draft. That's supposed to be incredible. Stock, yeah. It's supposed to be a bunch of muskies out there, dude. Basically, so or a bunch of walleyes, bunch of walleyes out there. Let me let me bring it to a new guy now. How do you feel about Alexander Madison's value? Well, dude, like he's he's like on the ropes for me right now because like he's he's going into a contract year, and with this stuff with Dalvin, what what's gonna happen? I have no clue, but I feel like he's probably gonna sign like a two or three year deal with the Vikings. I'm assuming if he doesn't. Madison will? Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming Madison probably will, depending on what happens with Delvin Cook. Because, I mean, at some point, like, some NFL teams, especially, like, the Vikings. I'm sorry, but, like, Minnesota is, like, a really, like, I feel like a progressive state. Like, it's starting to be more progressive. So, like, who knows, like, if Mike Zimmer just wants to say, oh, like, he got. Mike Zimmer's out. Or, no, he's still there, but Kevin O'Connell's new offense. Yeah, I'm sorry. Who's the, uh, whoever the owner is. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, if he says, like, hey, like, I don't want that type of character on my team, like, get him out of here type thing, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that could always happen. Mm-hmm. But who knows who's to say. But, yeah, man. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Kevin O'Connell is the Vikings head coach yeah. now. Yeah, nonetheless. Like, but, like, regardless, like, you know, like, if that owner says, hey, like, I don't want that. But who's to say that's going to happen? But, nonetheless, I, I think Alexander Madison, I think he's – We'll probably re-sign with the Vikings, which I think gives them decent value, depending on what happens with this. Um, um, but, like, I could also see him re-signing or going off to another team and being, like, an RB1. Like, look at any of the teams that don't necessarily have one this year or going into next year. Like, he'd be a high-commodity pit or a high-commodity free agent, kind of like what Mike Davis was last year. That's fair. So, I don't know, man. Like, I think he has a lot of value. Um, I also think he could be going into free agency, and this is just my opinion alone, but with them uh, drafting Tyler uh, Chandler, I think that kind of nudges that one of those two are probably going to be going, mm-hmm. um, yep. and I could see them obviously keeping on to Delvin because he's a proven commodity, if if everything goes right with this case, Yeah, and letting Alexander Madison go because... I mean, Tyler so, Chandler, he's a good prospect for the Vikings to have on their team. If you have him in, in your dynasty league, good for you. I think Madison is young enough to where he'll get another opportunity to play. Yeah, 100%, um, dude. Yeah, like I, he has shown no, like... When he gets the opportunity, when he receives maybe 50 or 60, or even more of the opportunity rate of the target share yeah, um, like when of the we, carries, he he pops off. He yeah, like when, when, we, when we've seen Dalvin Cook injured... Uh, Alexander Madison doesn't miss a beat out there. Like the the Vikings, honestly, they could almost be maybe a little more productive with Alexander Madison at some points. Like in like the pure run game fashion, I'd say. I don't know if he's like more of like that dual back threat, 
But yeah. Alexander Madison, I mean, he's he's a really good running back. So I think what's interesting is the fact that Kevin O'Connell's a new coach, and Kevin O'Connell comes from the Sean McVay tree. Yeah, he comes from Los Angeles with the Rams. Yeah, and so we're seeing you know training camp footage. I mean, bro, we've been we just ended rookie mini camps. Well, where where did where did McShay come from? He came from the Shanahan tree, which McVay. is always yeah, which has always had dual running backs. Yeah. Exactly. So they're probably going to utilize Madison, especially in his last year. 100%. You potentially you potentially don't have to pay him, so you're going to run him into the ground to get what you can out of him. And I mean that could very well fit into them utilizing Dalvin Cook more yeah. as like a wide receiver for, for sure. sure. And it, and it benefits Madison because he gets his numbers up and he goes and gets a real contract, which the Vikings kind of owe him. Like yeah, dude's so, been hella talented and they've just kept him in. So like, if in, you don't have in, Madison on your team, like would, in the back seat, would you want to? Do you think like this is kind of like the buy moment for him right now before he goes into the season? I think that you should buy Madison. I would not buy him. At the RB one value that he produces when he subs in for Dalvin Cook. So like, if, if I you're saying if you could scoop, if you could scoop, get him like for like a, a second or something. I'd pay a second for Alexander Madison. Nice. Okay. And I think that he's in a situation where he's either going to stick around in Minnesota, and after they you know figure out his contract, he could yeah. still be a be a tandem with Dalvin to where Dalvin's a receiving back and Madison's the. The running back, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, I, I feel that for sure. I, I think I'd probably value Madison probably around the same. Probably, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, second, maybe third, like, depending on, like... A third, who, yeah, I don't like, know. Like, that's kind of a stretch, I think, for a third. Like, a second is fair. A it kind of just depends, like, on, like, the owner at that time. Because you pay the premium for the running back position, too. He's right, produced, you, def- you, you know what you're getting, do. and you're getting a premium position. And he's he'll be 24 uh, when the season starts, so... yeah. Yeah, he has a lot of upside for sure, man. Yeah, so like if you could scoop him for a second, go out and do it, folks. I mean, he's he's a good back. Hopefully the owner on the other side doesn't listen to this pod and know how much of a commodity he is. But I think you can at least look at him as like an RB2 possibly going forward, especially yeah. if he's running that role uh, yeah. with Dalvin, you know, going more at the wide receiver flex, you know? You know, definitely. I think he has some upside. I think regardless of where he ends up, he's going to be a useful receiver. Uh, useful running back, I mean, but just a useful player for your team. Both they, of them. I think both have big fantasy upside, Dalvin sure. Cook and Alexander at this point. I'm selling Cook, buying Madison. That's just my bias. Take it mm-hmm. how you want to, but I'm mainly just doing that because of the three-year age difference. I mean, Madison's going to be 24, Cook's going to be 27. Uh, they're both running backs on a team that historically has been able to support running backs pretty well. Okay. So, you know give me Madison and that's kind of where I'm at with that to undrafted running backs a segment that we said that we would talk about earlier um, we got a list here of a couple guys that we think you should know about oh we sure do so a couple of them are names you may know and a couple of them are going to be people that you might have to do a little bit of research on you might have to hit a google for or what we like to say People you should know already. People you should know already. Motherfuckers, what the fuck are you doing? Thank God you got us. Oh, so what I want to do is I want to talk about some running backs that we've been watching. Uh, the first one is Abram Smith out of Baylor. Uh, he just recently signed with the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, dude. he uh, He's kind of an interesting play, and I think... In all honesty, if he gets a roster spot, I think you could probably... 
take all your Tony Jones stock and just flush it down the toilet. Exactly. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we had the same vibe. I think that he's going to be primarily like the special teams dude. Like, I think he's going to be either a blocker or a returner on special teams. And Well, I, I think that's not a terrible take to have about him. I just think the way that he runs, I think, is kind of the way that uh, it's a way that would compliment uh, Alvin Kamara in a really good way, I think, if he doesn't get suspended. Well, that's what Mark Ingram's for. I yeah, but how often is Mark Ingram hurt? Like, if you want to have like a third uh, running back on your squad to have, like be like a special teams guy, mm-hmm. but like if someone were to go down, like oh. he's there to go. Like, I think like he's that type of person. Like, especially okay. as an undrafted free agent. So he's like um, a shot in the dark for a running back. More or less, yeah. Like, if you want to look at him, kind of like how the Packers are playing, like Kalen Hill right now. Kind of like how they have two, like, legit running backs. Uh-huh. Um, and the rest of them are either just hurt or whatever. Uh-huh. Like, Kalen Hill, he has sneaky upside. And I think uh, so does uh, Abram Smith. I mean, he he runs a four-five-five. 5 That's not terrible for a running back. I've heard a lot worse. Uh-huh. Um, he runs with power. He was on Baylor or on Baylor's offense. So, you know, he went to, he went to Baylor. So he's used to catching passes out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. He's able to, you know, he's he's able to do a lot of different things. Yeah. So I think he's just a really good complement to that New Orleans Saints offense if he were to get an opportunity. Yeah. I uh, think I think you're right and I also think that it matters a lot what happens with Alvin Kamara mm-hmm. because if something does happen with Alvin and he gets suspended for half the season, that's a guy who you can slot into your starting lineup if he ends up getting the between the tackles role. If he ends up being the goal line back, if he ends up playing on first and second downs, I don't think that he has game breaking speed. I don't know how often he's going to be able to break away from defenses and get past the second level. Uh, that's my one concern with him. I know he runs a four or five five. I think it was. Yep. But I mean, he just kind of looks. He doesn't look the quickest on film. No, he doesn't. But I mean, I've seen a lot of people out there that don't necessarily look the quickest. And they still get the job done. I mean, like, if you look at, like, I don't think he's a Marshawn Lynch type player at all. But, like, he, it wasn't necessarily the quickest. But he knows how to utilize his feet and, like, get out of, like, really tight situations. And when you look at his film, like, when you look at, even if you looked at his highlights, you would see that yourself. Like, he gets out of, like, really messy situations and has decent breakaway speed. Like, he'll get caught. Don't get me wrong. He'll get caught. But... He he'll so, he'll get you those power runs down the middle, and he'll get you breaking away for like twenty or thirty yards potentially before getting that's caught. That's my that's my only worry with him is it's just getting caught like at the cows level. When, when you're in the middle of the field, that's nice if you're on third and two, or if you're on second and three, or if you happen to get to the golden part of the field, you're right there at the goal line. Right. You need to punch it in in the five yard line, and you got this big bruiser back who can come in and gain extra yards for himself. Yeah, you're not wrong. When you're between the 20s and you're trying to move a drive forward and he's kind of your bruiser back, you have to fully commit to that. Yeah. And I think, I I don't want to cut you off, but I think that they have so much invested in that receiving room now with Jarvis, with Michael Thomas, with Chris Olave. Right. uh, To where they have Mark Ingram. Like, they're not risking um, the, 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 the attempts. On Abram Smith to take over. Yeah, um, yeah. I 
don't get me wrong. I, I I like where you're going with that. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not, like, extremely high on this guy. I'm not saying go get him at any means possible if he's a free agent in your league. I'm just saying that down the line, he has the potential, if he were to make the roster, to get those carries because it seems like the New Orleans Saints running back room is always getting depleted. Yeah. And so if you want to have someone on your taxi that you could possibly make a sneaky start with somewhere down the line this season or down the road, I think that guy could possibly be it. Or otherwise you could leave him in free agency, but just know how well he could be utilized on that team once he gets an opportunity. Man, what's crazy is that I'm looking at his contract details a little bit, Mm -hmm. and he signed a three-year deal Yeah, with the Saints. So he's tied there for the next few years. Right. So... I think that he is definitely someone you should invest in. If you need help at the RB2, if you need help with the flex spot. Um, he's, he's a possibility. He's someone you can put in your taxi and just see what happens. And yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you're not really giving up too much. For sure, man. I think he kind of... So, someone who I think has a little bit better of a profile than him, I think is uh, Kennedy Brooks. Yeah. Uh, he was a running back out of Oklahoma who ended up going to Philly. Um... I, you know, he's kind of more of a dual threat back, I think. You think so? Yeah, I think when you look at him, um, I, I still don't know if he has necessarily that breakaway speed. Okay. Because when we're watching uh, the film against Oklahoma, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, against, shoot, who the fuck was it? I, I forget. But he, he got caught down pretty easily. Yeah. Um. But, you know, that'll happen. And maybe, you know, like he got tripped up a little bit if I go back and look at it. But. I don't know. It wasn't the best thing. Um, I think he's a decent profile of going to Philly just because kind of like the New Orleans Saints, mm-hmm. it always seems like every year that running back room just gets depleted. I don't know. What are your thoughts on uh, Kennedy Brooks? Do you have any thoughts on him? Oh, my God. He's going to be a star. You think if so? If he gets the opportunity. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, if he guys. Gets the opportunity. Jahia is high on Kennedy Brooks. Let's go. Yo. Uh, Tell us your shit, bro. I like this. So, Kennedy is a pretty big back. I think he's around six feet, uh, two two fifteen ish. Okay. So he kind of has that alpha profile as a running back. He looks like he can be a ball carrier, primary kind of guy. Okay. He played at Oklahoma, which big... is the alma mater of Adrian Peterson, nonetheless. Exactly. And guess what he did there? What's up, bro? He had three one thousand yard rushing seasons. That yeah, I mean it shows consistently or consistency. Uh, at, did he start as a true freshman? I guess I didn't really read into him that much. He missed, what, how old is he? He missed 2020 because of COVID. Oh, okay. But the other three seasons that he played, so he went, you know, the full ride. Yeah. The three years that he played, he had 3,000-yard seasons. That's sick, dude. How, do you know how many touchdowns off the top of your head? Was he utilizing, like, goal line or anything? Yeah. I mean, he was a primary, so was like, the, ball carrier guy. He was the do-it-all back there for Basically. all three years. And so, That's Kennedy, sick. I know there was a lot of hype around Abram Smith. And Abram Smith signed this crazy contract with the Saints. It's the most guaranteed yeah. money of any undrafted free agent. Kennedy Brooks also signed for a pretty decent-sized deal. I mean, yeah. his money was around, like, 200 k a year. Right. Which is, for an undrafted free agent, that's pretty good. Yeah, and, you know, there's probably some incentives based on that as well that uh, their agent's going to negotiate down the line. Exactly. If he were to get that playing time that you're assuming he's going to get. Yep. So, do, do you think that he's probably going to be, like, the... 
successor to like uh miles sanders yeah exactly man i think that you think it's gonna take a year or do you think that's gonna happen i think miles sanders was drafted by a different regime Mm -hmm. they gave him a try last year and they didn't love what they see what they saw uh, the Eagles, I think, have the second highest rushing rate in the NFL outside of the Titans. Well, what are your thoughts on kind of Gainwell? Because I know he was drafted by Nick Sirianno, who is the current head coach. So, can do you, it, where do you see his upside going, or do you think he's going to be more of like a primary like receiving back? I think he's going to be a primary receiving back. He's five nine, two hundred pounds wet. Yeah. You know, like, he's he's not going to be a primary ball carrier. That's fair. Yeah, I really liked his film back in the day. I think he went to Memphis, right? Yeah. So, I, I liked his film back then. Like, he was trucking through those people. I think, uh, I, I can't remember the conference off the top of my head, but it's not a power five. Um, I, I like that. I like him, though. I think he could do a lot of really good things in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think I think so, this guy, you know, coming out of the Big 12, I think they're kind of just, so here's, to me, dude, they're kind of just loading up on a bunch of mid-running backs, in my opinion. I think that... They're a team that obviously uses all of their backs. Yeah. And they ran the ball the second most of any team last year. Sure. Well, I mean, like, if they're trying to run, like, a 500 monster running back scheme, what what value do you think that leads Kennedy Brooks to be in? I think it leads him to more value than any other undrafted free agent. Because you're, like, you got to think about the pool you're drafting from, the pool you're taking from. These are players who didn't even get drafted in the first seven rounds in, at all. Right. They're free agents after the draft, and now these teams are just taking shots on them. So, so if you get playtime out yeah. of Kennedy, bro, you still hit on an undrafted free agent that you probably got on waivers whenever they opened up. So are you thinking that right now you have to go get him on waivers, or do you think that you could possibly wait until like midseason to pick this guy up? You should go get him on waivers. I looked on Sleeper, shout out Sleeper, and it looks as if he's owned in something around like 30-ish percent of leagues. Okay, so he's starting to get his name around there? Yeah, bro, it's May... Before the season, we got three, four months until football starts. Wait until the training camp stories come out and Mm -hmm. the rookie stories come out, if they come out. But as soon as he gets any momentum in his favor, as far as a media report, Mm -hmm. he's out of here, bro. Um, Go get him cheap if he's still available in your leagues. So, and Kennedy Brooks is somebody I liked a lot, but you showed me a guy earlier today when I got here. Yeah, bro. That actually kind of, like, surprised me. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, well, um, shit, dude, you always know I got something up my sleeve. And bro, do honestly, go out a sleeper. Do go out a sleeper. Man, I really like this guy. I don't know if I'm going to go <clears throat> get him, and I think someone's actually taking him in our league. But uh, Tyler Goodson. Uh, so this guy is a running back out of Iowa. Uh, so he's a big-time running back. Uh, so he has some legit performances under his belt. Um, in my opinion, man, he kind of gives me the same vibes as like Aaron Jones, who the Packers took in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. Uh, some years ago. Yep. So the reason why I think he could have that same like backup capital as him is because they have. So if you look at the uh, Packers running back room right now, mm-hmm. uh, I think as it stands right now, you, you have Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Patrick Taylor. I think is still on the team. Yep. Um, you have Kalen Hill. Yep. And then now you have Tyler Goodson, who is on uh, an undrafted free agent, probably going to be a. I don't know if he's going to go to the practice squad, dude. I think he's too much of a commodity. You think so? Yeah, dude. I think if anything, they're going to drop uh, Patrick Taylor. Yeah. And I think they're going to keep Kalen Hill because he is coming off a torn ACL, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But to an extent, dude, he might be a little bit more explosive than Tyler Goodson. 
Nonetheless, though, if you look at Tyler Goodson's film, like we did when he when he got here, it, it surprises you, dude. He, I guarantee you'll be surprised he, unless you watched him in college. Yeah, he does everything you kind of want. Yep. He he'll go and do things, you know, like out of the backfield as far as like catching the football. He has solid hands. He can run the ball down the middle. He can go outside. He has sneaky speed. Yep. Like, dude. You even commented, it. I think you probably remember saying this, but he mm-hmm. was like, he gets away. Yeah, like he, he, breaks he has away. the breakaway speed. And for me, I know that's a very, it probably sounds like a really general term. Yeah. But when a player has that ability. He must have been start, like a track star in high school or something, dude. Because like he just ran like that at the end. Like he was just rushing towards the finish line. Yeah. So this guy played for Iowa, Tyler Goodson did. Yeah. He's about 5'9", probably around 200, 210. I think he's 200. Yeah. But he played for Iowa, which is, you know, one of those Midwestern schools, Big Ten school. Yep. And one thing about that, uh, or I'm sorry, one thing about his college profile that impressed me was the fact that every single year, he had more and more rushing yards. Yeah. In his senior year, he had about 1,100 rushing yards, or I'm sorry, his junior year. Yep. In his junior year, Tyler Goodson had about 1,100 rushing yards. Which I think culminated in around like fourteen hundred scrimmage. He had a few hundred receiving. Yep. But he showed the ability to be the workhorse, the lead back. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like I was always stacked with back, so he probably had to wait his turn. Which, unfortunately, like at Iowa, it always seems like that happens. Like yeah. there's never like a multiple year starter there. It's always wait your turn, and if yep. you break out, you break out. Exactly. But yeah, dude, like when he got his time, like you said, about fourteen hundred yards all scrimmage. Yep. Uh, so I like that, man. Especially in Iowa, which they were an amazing team this year. They did go to the Big Ten conference game mm-hmm. uh, or conference championship game. Yep. Um, they did get blown out, unfortunately, by Michigan, but nonetheless. But I mean, regardless, he has a good profile coming out of college as a junior. Yeah. He's going to the Packers, which is, I'd assume, probably going to be a heavier or a run heavier team. Yeah, especially like. Everyone keeps saying it, but with the departure of Devontae Adams, everyone's kind of leaning towards... I think I think the RB3 slot on the Packers is wide open. It sure is. After Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, who's your third running back? And if this guy can, you know, seize his opportunity, hop into that RB3 role, yeah. all it takes from that point on is for either A.J. Dillon or Aaron Jones to miss time, which, by the way, I mean, most running backs only play, you know, maybe 13, 14 games of the season if... That's and that's a really healthy season. Yeah, they're typically beat up at least like two or three games. You can gar- almost guarantee it. Like yeah. even Derrick Henry this year went down. Exactly. So so if you believe in Tyler Goodson after you watch film, go on YouTube, look at it. I promise you, it's rewarding, and I promise you, you're gonna be surprised. Absolutely, dog. Um, he's a guy that if you really think that his talent can translate, it can take you take you where you need to go as far as winning a championship. Mm. He's a guy I would stash in my taxi. And when the opportunity comes, plug him in with A-Rod and see what he can do. Yeah, man. I just think in two, like in a year, if uh, Aaron Jones is cut because of his cap, ca- mm-hmm. because of a cat casualty, mm-hmm. I think that he just, he looks like he can fill that role of, you know, being like going uh, the outside running back, the catching running back. Yep. You know, almost playing that second fiddle to uh, A.J. Dillon. Yep. So I think he, uh, I think this year's going to be kind of like the transition to Aaron or yeah, the Aaron Jones taking the backseat and AJ mm-hmm. Dillon, you know, taking yeah. more of the workload. Yeah. And then with that, I think uh, 
Yeah, like if we can kind of see like what that tandem's like, mm-hmm. we can see uh, what Tyler Goodson can do back there as well. If it's a good translation, I like that a lot. I want to talk about one last and draft the uh, free agent, but they are not a running back. Interesting. Who do you got for me, bro? I got Justin Ross on the Kansas City Chiefs oh, wide receiver. Dude, what a scoop. Dude, what a scoop. This guy, if you guys haven't followed uh, college football at all, when this guy was a freshman, uh, they were in a national championship game, and this guy went off. Off. This guy is unreal. Like, if the NIL shit was, like, two years sooner, like, this guy would have been the feature back, like, the feature running, or <clears throat> this guy would have been the feature wide receiver of Nike's campaign for future college football going forward. Because, like, this guy would have been, like, a top 10 pick after that performance. If you look at that. National How many good seasons did he have in college? So, he had that breakout season his freshman year. And then after that, he was always injured. And, unfortunately, at the end of uh, at the end of one season, he actually had, like, uh, spine fusion surgery. Which, to mm. me, that's just scary to think about. That is and then And then you go out and you're going to go that's play, like, a physical spine. sport. Yeah. Like, it's just a little scary. That's, which Bro, you, you got to be dedicated. And he is. And, like, he... He did pass all of his physicals and everything like that, which makes him eligible to play. But, yeah. like, it just... Bro, like, I've had a shit ton of concussions. Like, not yeah. nothing to do with my spine. But, like, I don't want to go out and play football anymore. Like, just the thought of getting hit in the head now is just like, God damn it, dude. Like, why? Yeah. Like, so here's what happened. His first year at Clemson. Yeah. Uh, back in 2018, playing with, you know, I think it was T-Law at the time, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Um, you know, he had really long death of target. Um, I'm looking at his stats right now and it looks like my man averaged over 21 yards a catch. Exactly, dude. He was a monster. He was a monster deep threat, uh, with, you know, the best quarterback in college football at the time. And if you look at his profile now, like if, if you take away all the injuries, everything like that, Mm -hmm. he is a six, three or six, four, one ninety or 200 pound monster. 205. Yeah, dude. 205? Good for him, Six, man. 6'4", 205. 6'4", 205. So, if you think about that, dude, like, he he can translate really well into the NFL. The one knock I think I would have on him is I don't know if he's much of a blocker, if I've seen on film. Just, I don't yeah. know. It seems like he's more of a primary wide receiver than blocker. I think anybody but, who puts on that Chiefs jersey kind of has that appeal to us to where we want to believe that they can be the next Tyreek Hill or the next Travis Kelsey. Well, shit, or, dude. Like, this guy's not going to be something like... Like, he could be, like, the next primary receiver, if that's what you're alluding to, but he's not going to be anything like a Travis Kelsey or a Tyreek Hill. They're, he's going to be completely different if he is going to pop off. I'm going to say something that's probably going to be a little spicy, but uh, if he can stay healthy, then I think sky is the limit. But I don't typically put faith in players who don't show it's, me they can stay healthy. That's kind of funny just because the Chiefs just drafted Sky Moore. LOL. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do you expect to change at the next level? I, I, you can obviously train better and get more access to health and you know the Tom Brady routine but at the end of the day bro like if you're getting hurt a lot playing football that means that something fundamentally is wrong with you which can maybe be fixed up by coaching or you're just not built for it bro right like your body's just not built for it should have went to basketball yeah like 
but you know, it happens. It happens, and you can't blame anybody for that. No, and I mean, he can still be a really effective wide receiver in the NFL. Don't get us wrong. No. But it's just, when you look at his medicals, it's a little scary. He did clear phys- his physicals, though, so. Yeah, he, he, he he's someone that you can take a shot on. He's someone that you should probably stash in your taxi if that's all you're. That's all you are away from a potential championship or a potential playoff run. Yeah, because I mean, if him and Patty Mahomes could get a good connection, dude, like anything can happen. In shit, fantasy. dude, like you saw him pop off in a national championship game. Yeah, against Bama, dude. Bama always has like ten NFL starters on their defense on yeah. that team, and he went off, like. Dude, like it's a it's an unreal thing what he can do when he's healthy, and if he can get healthy, because he has spent a lot of time off the field, so if he can recover from his surgeries, this and that, mm-hmm. the guy can fucking he he could be a monster in the NFL if he if he gets his shit right. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I think that uh, you know, I, no one's gonna laugh at you if you take a shot on him. But don't put all of your eggs in one basket. For sure, dude. He's definitely worth don't a spot. Don't go bet $20 fab to go get him in your league. Yeah, dude. I, 40. No, I, I would definitely say that he's worth a roster spot if you didn't draft him. And if he's in free agency, he's definitely worth uh, he's definitely worth claiming him on waivers if you can. I want to talk about the draft recap. We had our draft last Saturday. Rookie draft. We had been building up to it for, it felt, it felt like forever. Dude. I think I popped off. I think I might have won the draft. I don't want to. I don't want to cap or nothing. So okay, but I know the listeners. This is a podcast. You can't see our teams right now. So what I want to do is I want. Hey, wanna... maybe on. Uh, is it possible for us to put it on the YouTube channel, like a picture of our draft? We could even put it on Twitter. Yeah, we or could... Instagram. Yeah, dude, let's do that for them and easy click. Yeah, we could do that. We could throw that on the video for them. That'd be nice. Um... But what I want to talk about are, you had a lot of draft picks this year. I did, dude. I want to hear about the guys that were your scoop. And I want to hear your honest feelings about a player that maybe you're kind of lacking a little bit of faith on. And it would be nice to see a good story about. Yeah, dude. So, uh, so I had seven draft picks in total, all right? So, my first pick overall, or my first pick uh, was the 1-4. And I went off and I got Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks fell to the 1.4 in our one quarterback non-superflex league. Yeah. Dynasty league. Yeah. We so, have, and I'll, I'll just give the users a quick insight, but two running back positions, two wide receiver positions, a tight end position, and three flex positions. Yep. Two of the three can be wide receiver, tight end, or running back, and the last flex is wide receiver or tight end. Yeah. And then, yeah, obviously kicker, defense, like you said. whatever. But uh, you draft the Burks at the 1-4. Yeah, dude, I got Traylon Burks at the 1-4. I was super stoked about that because, like, we had, like, a lot of, I mean, we went in on him. Yeah. And, I don't know, I think, I think it was a good fall. Um, I don't know if he necessarily fell. I think he kind of fell in the right position. But I think, uh, obviously, there's a little bit of, like, caution with, like, that asthma stuff that has been popping up. But I think that's obviously... How did those reports honestly make you feel when they came out? It didn't make me feel like anything. Honestly, the way I looked at it, dude, like, if stuff is already coming out about him, um, it kind of gives me, like, Jamar Chase vibes, like, with his job stuff last year. Yeah. Like, I just think, like, someone who has, like, a medical like that where it's asthma-related... You know, like it's it's one of those things where like he's gonna have to build up his body to it, and even Mike Vrabel, if you listen to any of the inter- interviews, 
he even went into detail and said that, yeah, like a lot of these players, they go out and they have these camps in the offseason where they think they're getting trained for the NFL, but you can't. That's not the case. They end up not doing work that can be simulated in training camp. They're probably doing really good work and stuff. They're probably just doing like a lot more like route running and not Mm -hmm. like uh, like the conditioning and stuff like that. That's probably not the stuff that they're paying for. It's more, yeah. So they're probably learning just how to learn like the crispiest routes in the game. Um, and so I think, I think the asthma stuff is kind of a cap right now. I think we're going to look back and think that was probably the that stupidest thing that we're worrying about. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's real. There's reports of whether it's asthma, whether he's out of shape, you know, how he's adjusting and everything. And I do think it's a little bit overblown. It freaked me out. Yeah. We got to talking about our drafts. You said Traylon Burks was your best pick. Well, I don't know if he was my best pick. He was just, like, my first pick. If I want to say the most value, like, my most value pick that I got, like, I'd probably say either Zamir White or Greg Dolchich. So, I got Zamir White in the third round, who I think is going to be the uh, successor to Josh Jacobs in the Los Angeles, or, I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders you know, in the Las Vegas Raiders offense, I think that's where he's going to be. And maybe he doesn't have much value this year, but down the road, mm-hmm. I think he has immense value. A lot. Um, and then Greg Dolchich, I got in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a tight end who went to the Denver Broncos. And I think he's going to be a great fit there because all they really have for other competition is Albert O, who is very unproven, wasn't drafted by this regime. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this guy kind of fits what they want to do. And so maybe it might take him a year to mold exactly to a startable tight end in, uh, in any sort of like dynasty play or anything. Yeah. But I think he could be the day one starter on this offense. You think so? Yeah, I really do. Because like I said, like he, he was drafted by this regime. Like he mm-hmm. does exactly what they want to do. Like if you look at, um, Hackett, mm-hmm. he was big on running yeah, and he was big on tight end play. Yeah. And if he has an F like tight end, he wants to utilize him. And really Facts. like, look, if you look at, uh, Robert Tanyan, if you look at Mercedes Lewis, they, he gets them in play. Like he, he wants to utilize the tight end to make sure that his wide receivers can go down wide and get their play. Okay. So. That's why I like him, and maybe he's not a starter this year, but mm-hmm. down the line, I think he's going to be a fantasy issue if you don't have him. Wow. He's somebody who's going to beat you. I think so, he's yeah. He's beat you on the other team. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, if you've listened to our conversation before, dude, like, this guy has the potential, like, I think I said before, like, uh, Greg Olson to just be an absolute game wrecker. Yeah. Like, Greg Olson could do some special things back in the day, mm-hmm. and... Yeah, dude, I think this guy, honestly, I don't think he has uh, fallen too far from him. He is the perfect rookie to come into an ascending offense. Yeah. So every year, whenever we have that offense that pops off, you could look at it with the Bengals uh, as they kind of brought in Jamar Chase. You can look at it with the Vikings as they brought in Justin Jefferson and they had Dalvin Cook. Right. You can bring it in with the Cowboys when they had Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, like, Offenses will transcend when you have a bunch of, you know, receiver talent there. Yep. And they typically will have a good value pick somewhere in there. So the Rams last year had Van Jefferson. Yep. Great value pick. Somebody who doesn't cost you a ton, you scoop in the draft, and they end up playing a really big role on your offense. Definitely. Greg Dolchich fits that mold. 
I think like, so. The Broncos are probably a team who I wouldn't be surprised if they won the Super Bowl. Well, dude, like if you look at their offense, like they needed to address it. And mm-hmm. in my opinion, if you look at true value, I think Greg Dolchich was probably my number two like uh, profile two. for tight end. He like, was your number two tight end. Yeah, he, who was your number one? I I had Trey McBride. Okay, I just think sense, what yeah. he did at uh, yeah, at Colorado State was just premier. Um, and he gave me Zach Ertz vibes, and now that he's going to go play under him for a couple of years, I think that's going to be immense for his uh, bringing up in the league. But right. Greg Dolchich, I think, um, I think if you don't have him on your team, if he's a free agent out there, go out and get him. Go get him. You're, you're stupid, and your whole league is stupid. I'm sorry, but you're, I'm saving your ass right now. The four. Go get Greg Dolchich if you haven't drafted in rookie drafts yet. Facts. Um, so who was the guy who kind of makes you feel, um, I don't want to say like sketched out or anything like that, but just, well, dude, so I took someone who I thought, and I think I might've said this on the pod before. I don't know if it was just in our conversation, but I told you this. If Malik Willis was available in the third round, I was going to take him and And I held my word. I held my word. I took him at the three, four. Facts. And I don't know, man. Like, I just, I thought there, there was too much upside not to take him there. And I didn't have a pick until the fifth. But I will say this. I think you, you might have had the best value pick in the draft, taking Kenny Pickett in the fifth round, man. Tell me how that felt. I was trying to trade up for him. <laughs> and everyone would deny my trade for Russell Gage for a fourth rounder. <laughs> I was offering Russell Gage. For four ones, four twos, four threes, four fours, four fives. We play in a ten team league, so yeah. you know, the fifth round starts after the four ten. I was trying to trade up for Kenny Pickett in the fourth round. I saw him at the end of the third and I tried to slide there too with Russell Gage offers. Yeah. And apparently nobody <laughs> values Russell Gage as worthy of a pick. Yo, drop down below is what your thoughts on Russell Gage are, because I don't really like him. I think he's a useful tight end. He signed a big contract. Russell Gage is a wide receiver, bro. You don't. Or I'm even... sorry. I'm sorry. My words are getting messed up. But wide receiver. Sorry. But Russell Gage is on an elite offense. He's an above average receiver. He led the Falcons last year in receiving, coming in kind of out of nowhere. He signed a pretty big money deal, but most importantly, Tom Brady recruited him himself. That's fair. So when Tom Brady calls you and the team snaps on it and does it, Brady's gonna make that work. Yeah. He doesn't want to look, like, dumb. Like, he's not... That's fair, man. You know? And, like, when you look at Mike Evans aging, if you look at Chris Godwin, going to probably be sidelined for the first couple weeks of the season with a torn ACL. Mm-hmm. I He has a lot of room to flourish, dude. He really does. He's playing... And think of if Gronk doesn't come back. Like, he's, he's going to be just... He is going to bring him up even more as a refi- or yeah. as a receiving weapon, dude. Like, it's... That could be a scoop, dude. He's gonna be he's gonna be a guy who can really surprise you. I think he could be this year's Cordero Patterson. Interesting. In terms of value. Interesting. So uh, that's my that's my take on Russell Gage. But you know, I took Kenny Pickett in the fifth round, and there's no way he should have been there. There's not forty other players that's better than Kenny Pickett in fantasy value. That's fair. You cannot like Kenny Pickett, but you can't go past. 12 or 15 without getting them. He's like... 12 or 15? Are you kidding me, dude? 20? Bro, honestly, like, I was a little surprised that he wasn't taken in the third. 
I won't lie, but like I had my feet set. Like I had you already was, had Malik Willis in the third. Like I was stuck on taking Malik Willis. Like I wasn't going to take Kenny Pickett. I don't like him as much. Yeah. I really, really enjoy uh, what Malik Willis could do on the Titans. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, we're talking the best value. Mm-hmm. And I think you did because he could be a, a day one starter on that Steelers team, which yeah. obviously that's value, dude. Like you could trade mm-hmm. that for a second down the line. Yeah. So, I need draft picks at some point. So. Yeah, man. I mean. And if something were to happen, if you guys don't know, I'm a really big believer of Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. I think Trey Lance has the potential to be the MVP next year. Okay. I think he has just tremendous talent. He's on the right team under the right system. And he just seems like one of those guys that would just pop out and just go crazy mm-hmm. in fantasy. Well, I say, can I just say one thing? Yeah. So, out of the whole draft, there's just, like, one pick that kind of steps out to me. Like, two picks that kind of step out to me the most. Were but, they on your team? No, they weren't on my team, but, like, they Who's had... Who team were they on? Le and, um, fuck. Let's talk about Le Was it Sky Moore? No, it was Traquan Thornton being taken in the third. I thought he kind of had more of a fourth-round vibe to him. But, I mean, like, I don't know. I thought that was kind of a... Maybe he wouldn't have been there for his next Potentially. Potentially. Yeah, you're not wrong. But Mm -hmm. I just think he... uh, I think that was a little bit of a... Maybe down the line I could be eating my words on that. But, like, I think that was a little bit of a flex. Like, I... I don't know. And then, honestly, the same pick after that was uh, Vela's Jones. And okay. he, he went to the Bears. Bears. And I just don't like the Bears. And him taking him in the third wanted me to throw up. <sighs> like, it, was, it I I didn't like that at all. Like, I feel like the offense isn't going to be fun to watch next year. I don't like it at all. It's going to be like a hard watch every time you have to go and watch at noon for Darnell Mooney points. Yeah, or like if they ever play the Packers in prime time because Dude, they always play those games. The Bears are always going to be on at twelve o'clock, which I have a personal theory. I try to stay away from players who play in the twelve o'clock slots. Why? I feel like the players who are in prime time games are typically on better teams. So the four o'clock games, or the Sunday night games, or the Monday night games. During the noon games, they put all the mid. Like that's where the Jaguars and the Lions and the Giants and. Well, you're not wrong. Like that's that's a very fair take, and I appreciate you bringing that up. Mm-hmm. But one thing I will say is, obviously, people love to thrive in the prime time. Yeah. But if you have some veterans out there that like are playing in the noon game, that's what they honestly prefer. Yeah. So if you have vets out there playing in noon, you might want to start them. Because, obviously, I mean, like, the youthful players, they can go do their shit, too. But, I mean... That's my personal theory. I have no data. I, mean, shit, I have dude. no correlation behind that. But I think that... You, you might not be wrong, dude. Like, if you think about it, like, if people are being flexed up in yo, the primetime games, obviously they're, they're doing something. They're typically better teams because yeah. they have better players. So, the teams you have yeah. correlated to the better that, teams that, have better, better players. It just makes players. sense. Yeah, it makes sense, dude. Yeah. Like, when you bring it up that way, absolutely. Sure. 100%, so, man. I hate having... Players who are on at noon, and the Bears might not play a game after three o'clock next year. Well, I I don't know if it necessarily <laughs> takes it down to a, like a disadvantage. I'm not gonna lie. No, I but like I just think like yeah, like, if, if if you're fluxed up into like like a uh, into like that afternoon spot, or mm-hmm. if you're uh, prime time night game on Sunday night or Monday night, like typically you're playing 
I mean, like, you could look at it the other way. Like, you're probably playing someone who's really good as well. Yeah. Like, they probably have a stellar defense. So, Bro. at what point does that negate it? Remember waking up to the Jacksonville Jaguars versus New York Jets in London? No, I didn't wake up for that. I didn't wake up for that. Or the Lions and somebody. That's, that's, that's just funny how they do that, I guess. But yeah, well, the Packers sense. are playing in London this year against uh, the Giants. Do you think you're going to wake up for that game? Oh, yeah. 9.30 Sunday? Yeah, I think so. Probably in the fall? Yeah. Wild. That's fire. Well, no, that's um, those are just a couple of things I want to talk with you about Yeah, bro. today. So, uh, we appreciate y'all. Um, I think we're going to get out of here. Yeah, let us know your draft, uh, what your draft recap was. Like, if you had any scoops... Oh. If you had anything that you thought, shit, like, I might have fucked up the bag. Yeah. Like, let us know what's going on in your fantasy lives, dog. We want to know what's going on. Mm. For sure. And one thing I need to say is, uh, running back to episode four, Garrett Wilson is a dynasty gem. That was the episode me and Dugo released. Yeah. Uh, one of our earlier episodes. I want to let you know that Dugo at the 1-4 got Traylon Burks. And Traylon Burks, who I still believe in, uh, passed up. And I took Garrett Wilson at the one two. Uh oh. So the reason I'm saying this is just to let people know, put it out in the air, put it on the energy, record me saying it. But um, I think Garrett Wilson's gonna be kind of like the Justin Jefferson of this year's draft. And I want to get my shit off. And um, don't mind me when I talk a lot of Garrett Wilson. Bro, you're gonna end up selling him for a third at the end of the year. That's so disrespectful, bro. <laughs> I nah. like Gary Wilson, um, but yeah, that's something that I thought that we should mention because those are two receivers that we both have been spending a lot of time on. Yeah, we've been talking about a ton. Uh, was Gary Wilson and Traylon Burks were always our top two guys, so uh, it'll be cool that we both have a stake in the fight uh, in the league that we're in, and uh, we'll keep you guys we'll keep you guys up to date. Yeah, man. Well, hey, appreciate y'all plugging in again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. Hopefully you got some good information. Hopefully you can go look at your uh, sleepers. Uh, see if you can find any sleepers that we talked about today. Mm-hmm. Make sure to get on the Sleeper League. Um, it's probably the best fantasy app out there. Not going to lie, guys. Um, we ain't even getting paid by them. I'm just plugging <laughs> them because I like them a lot. Yep. Played every other league. This has been the best experience, folks. So make sure to jump on that. Yeah, um, Yeah, Joe, I don't know if you got anything else, folks. That's I it, appreciate bro. y'all. Yeah, make sure you guys follow us, uh, subscribe, um, feel free to comment on YouTube, let us know how you feel, hit us at Twitter, uh, at the Gumbo Pod, but, you know, my name's Ja. I'm Dugo. Uh, we are out, so I hope you have a great time, and we'll talk to you next week. Hey, peace.